Hello, hello. Welcome back to my podcast, The Imperfect Therapist. That's me. My name is Stephanie Mayberry. I'm a licensed professional counselor and your host. Each week, I'll dive into a topic related to anxiety, perfectionism, or self-love sprinkled in with some of my own life experiences. I hope to educate you, encourage you, and empower you to take charge of managing your anxiety and learn to love your imperfect self. This episode, I'll be diving into the three deadly P's, perfectionism, procrastination, and people-pleasing. Let's go. Welcome back, everyone, or if you're new here, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you missed the first two episodes, go on back and take a listen to those. I'm kind of building all of my episodes off of each other. Um, So today, the focus is perfectionism along with procrastination and people-pleasing. I'm calling this the three deadly Ps. So why this topic is important to me to talk about. I've seen an increasing theme of perfectionism in my practice, and this is honestly across all ages. I see this in little kids as well. I think there's some theories as to why this is happening, why there's this perfectionist um, phenomenon happening, Um, but I'll get to those a little bit later. Uh, first off, let's just answer the question, what is perfectionism? Perfectionism is the drive to appear, feel, or be perfect. As society, we generally view perfectionism, perfectionistic tendencies as positive attributes, but it is actually more unhelpful or maladaptive than anything, and I'll be getting into those reasons. But first, let's start by helping you figure out whether or not perfectionism is a problem for you or if you're dealing with perfectionism. Maybe you're here listening because you already know the answer to this. Maybe you're trying to figure that out or just trying to learn more. So if you are a perfectionist, you will probably be able to answer yes to a lot of the following questions. Do I have trouble meeting my own standards? Do I often feel frustrated, depressed, anxious, angry while trying to meet my standards? Have I been told that my standards are too high? Do my standards get in my own way? For example, does it do your standards make it difficult to meet deadlines, finish tasks, trust others, build relationships, do things spontaneously? Do you notice a lot of should statements coming up in your self-talk. I should never be making mistakes. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I should be at this point in my life. Do you find yourself procrastinating? Do you find yourself overly cautious and thorough on tasks? Are you obsessive in checking over your work, maybe spending 30 minutes looking over a brief email to check for spelling mistakes. Do you find yourself constantly trying to improve things by redoing them? Maybe, for example, rewriting something or retyping it until it it appears perfect to you. Do you tend to agonize over very small details, like what movie to watch or where to eat? 
perfectionism and anxiety make it very difficult to make decisions, even the little ones? Do you find yourself making elaborate to-do lists? For example, not just your, you know, chores, things you have to get done that day, but to-do lists that detail when to get up, when to brush your teeth, when to shower, when to write your emails, when to, you know, etc. Do you find yourself avoiding trying new things? If you answered yes to a lot of these, it's safe to say you're probably dealing with perfectionism. So like I mentioned, society has kind of coined perfectionism as a positive thing. And in a way, don't get me wrong, it it can be. Um, It's definitely positive to set goals for yourself, to have good work ethic, to want to be successful and do well, right? Those are great qualities to have. Um, But the kind of myth or misconception around perfectionism is that it's truly not, you know, grounded in these values of, of success and, you know, strong work ethic. It's actually something totally different. Um, I did a poll on my social media this week. I had asked people that consider themselves perfectionists whether or not they found perfectionist behavior to be helpful or unhelpful. And majority of the people said both, which I can validate. It can be. Um, But true perfectionism is more unhelpful. It interferes with your day-to-day life. It interferes with, you know, your functioning and the way that you want your life to be. I think you can probably agree with that. So let's get into that. How is perfectionism unhelpful or maladaptive? Um, It's actually a defense mechanism, a negative coping tool. It's a mask or an armor armor that we kind of put on to protect ourselves from rejection, failure, from judgment, abandonment. It's this false belief that if we do things perfectly, nothing bad can happen. If we're perfect, we can't be judged, dismissed, rejected, and essentially this leads to a false sense of safety. We trick ourselves into believing that having high standards and tons of goals is a good thing because then we have good work ethic, we're disciplined, we have strength of character, and again, that is, those are very good things. But perfectionists tend to set unrealistic and unattainable expectations that are only met with great difficulty, which comes into play how it interferes with day-to-day living. Perfectionists tend to believe that anything short of perfection perfection or anything short of, you know, your absolute best is just unacceptable that minor imperfections lead to catastrophe. Perfectionist thinking tends to be very black and white with no in-between, which leaves little room for error and making mistakes. And that's kind of the um, 
idea behind perfectionism, right? For example, if some examples of that black and white thinking would be if I don't perform exceptionally, I'll lose my job. If I don't get an A, then I failed or I will fail. If I disappoint someone, that means I'm a horrible person. So you might be wondering, like, how do you become a perfectionist? How do we develop these tendencies or these behaviors? And I guess the simplest answer would be your life experiences, most likely experiences from childhood. It is very common for perfectionists to have or have had parents or guardians or authority figures in their life that maybe showed them more love or gave them more praise when they were successful. Um, maybe at one point in your life, you know, when you were little, at some point you did show your authentic self and the experience with that was that you were rejected or judged harshly. And so we internalize those negative experiences and, you know, multiple experiences like that or one that is just um, very impactful leads to the learned behavior of perfectionism. That if I'm perfect, I'll get that love that I need or if I'm perfect, then I'll get that acceptance that I want. And again, that's how perfectionism acts as a mask or a disguise is because we're trying to protect ourselves against those negative life experiences and those difficult emotions that come with that. But here's the thing. Perfect does not exist. Nobody is perfect. We are all humans and no human is perfect. Trying to be perfect leads to chronic stress, fatigue, burnout, over time, perfectionist thinking ultimately leads to self-hatred. And I know this seems like extreme, but it is. And it does have that effect because you become your own worst critic. You trade rejection and abandonment from others for rejection and abandonment from yourself. And repeated self-rejection or abandonment over time leads to the core belief that I am not good enough. Our self-worth then becomes contingent, contingent on acceptance, on success, on accomplishments. And this is so, so toxic for our mental health, which is why perfectionism often goes hand in hand with anxiety disorders and depression. So research studies on perfectionism have actually shown that there's three subtypes of perfectionism. So I'll explain those just a little bit. The three subtypes are self-oriented, other-oriented, and socially prescribed. So self-oriented, that is that the desire to achieve perfection or to be as successful as possible, that is driven intrinsically, the pressures are put on a person by themselves. Other-oriented, that is when those perfectionistic standards are placed on the other people in our lives. So whether that's a spouse or your children or coworkers or whoever else, um, 
the tendon the tendencies are kind of projected outward socially prescribed has more to do with societal standards and kind of the need to achieve perfection related to those standards or others will criticize you or judge you. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how one of those comes up for me more often than the others. Um, I would not necessarily call myself a true perfectionist. I think I definitely have some tendencies more in like my thinking and my self-talk, but I definitely have noticed socially prescribed perfectionism in my life and that has really increased once I became a mom and more so related to motherhood motherhood and parenting and social media I think has had a huge impact on this. I think social media in general is a reason um, that there's been a rise in perfectionism and kind of these behaviors. So let me explain that a little bit further. So how this comes up for me, I would say, I know this is relatable. Other moms probably feel the same way, but social media has portrayed such high standards for being a mom and for parenting. Um, it's like you are only a good mom if you have a perfectly pristine house or you make organic handmade meals for your toddler for every meal. You have Montessori toys and a Montessori approach to learning. You use gentle parenting and never raise your voice at your children. And if you're not doing all of those things, society kind of says we're not doing enough or we're not, you know, as good as a mom as those other moms that are doing those things. And that's kind of society's standards, right? Or at least that's how I perceive it. I don't know. Other moms, you'll have to let me know your thoughts on this topic. But I definitely notice, um, I would say more after I am on social media, I tend to get this kind of thought. But I definitely notice a lot of those shoulds, like, oh, I should, you know, be doing this. I should be keeping my house clean. I should be, you know, making better food for my kids. And because I'm not doing those things, I definitely have times where I feel like I'm not being a good mom or I'm not enough. Um, and it definitely takes a toll. I think motherhood, motherhood in general is really hard. No one prepares you for it. I'll probably do a whole nother episode at some point uh, regarding postpartum anxiety because I've had a lot of that, but um, kind of going back to that socially prescribed perfectionism, um, that is where I notice it for myself. So regardless of how perfectionism shows up for you, whether that's one of those subtypes, two of them, all of them, doesn't matter. Um, they all lead to stress and anxiety and burnout and just those negative feelings that we're trying to avoid in the first place. So again, this is why perfectionism is maladaptive and not very helpful. 
Um, another way I like to kind of conceptualize perfectionism is that it's like having a phobia of making mistakes or being imperfect. It's a feel fear of vulnerability. So facing fears in a gradual and consistent manner is the most effective way to overcome phobias or fears. And this is called exposure. This is what is used to treat and manage OCD. Um, I can get into that in another episode as well. Um, But for example, I guess the best way to explain this um, would be, let's say you have a fear of dogs. So the exposure or the way that you would overcome that fear would be to gradually spend time with dogs. And in doing that, you come to learn that dogs are not as scary and dangerous as you initially thought. And you challenge that belief that you know, something bad is going to happen. So overcoming your phobia of making mistakes or being imperfect involves doing just that, gradually and purposely making mistakes and coming across as imperfect. This means also putting yourself into situations that you might usually avoid out of fear. So I will give you some examples of ways that you can do this or what that might look like. So some examples would be showing up late. I know that probably sounds horrifying to a perfectionist because they generally hate being late and usually show up super early or on time. So to challenge that perfectionism, show up a little bit late. I wouldn't recommend doing this for an important meeting or an appointment, obviously, but if it's just like a gathering with friends or something, challenge yourself and show up a few minutes late. Uh, Leave a visible area in your house a little bit messy. First, telling yourself that it needs to be pristine and spotless and look like no one lives there. Um, This is something I really need to challenge myself with, so... That's a good one. Um, Wear something that is maybe not trending. Kind of challenge that societal perfectionism. Um, Purposely allow uncomfortable silences during a conversation. Send an email that includes a few mistakes or a text without retyping it 10 times. Try a new restaurant without researching it. So doing these things kind of allows you to really challenge that perfectionist thinking, challenges your kind of expectation so that what you're doing is creating more realistic expectations. You're reducing the fear around those situations because in doing these things, you're probably going to learn that you're not criticized, you're not judged, you're not abandoned, nothing bad happens. And that is the purpose of doing those exercises, okay? Okay, so moral of exposures, behavioral experiments, do the shit that scares you. That is the simplest, well, 
not simple. It's actually really hard. But the um, best way to overcome anxiety, perfectionism, OCD, um, action is truly the antidote. If you're not sure what I mean by that, go back to episode two and take a listen to that. Um, All right, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about that second P, procrastination. So last episode, again, was about that relationship between anxiety and procrastination. I talked a lot about that in the last episode, so I won't go too deep into that topic for this one. But again, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. But basically, how perfectionism and procrastination are related is that idea of paralysis. When you have too many choices, we freeze. Um, And this shows up in perfectionism because every single task is deemed equally important. And we have that mentality that I must do this now. I must do this perfectly. I have to do all of these things. And what happens is it becomes really difficult to even start um, because you can't prioritize, you know, what tasks are maybe more important and which are not. And in turn, that creates that avoidance or procrastination. So that's P. Procrastination shows up a lot in perfectionism. Um, Again, talked a a lot about that last time. So I'm going to just kind of go on to the third P, which is people-pleasing. And again, I'm going to kind of keep this one a little on the shorter side because I will do a whole nother episode on people-pleasing. This topic is also a big one. So there's a lot to say here. So I would call people-pleasing a symptom of perfectionism or of anxiety. People-pleasers tend to avoid conflict, have difficulty setting boundaries with themselves and with other people in their lives. They have a very difficult time saying no. And I'll share an example of this. So let's say your friend or partner or spouse wants to go out together to a party, gathering, date night, what have you, but your need is really to just stay home and relax because you're tired. But that perfectionist side of you is too scared to voice that because it could lead to an argument or you might end up disappointing your spouse or your friends. So a people pleaser will end up saying yes and going anyways when they really didn't want to. And then what happens. So let's say you're on the way home and your husband is like, hey, what was up with you tonight? You didn't seem like you were having fun. You had an attitude the whole night. And you're like, well, I didn't want to go to the party in the first place. And you are kind of projecting, you know, that sacrificial um, need on to your partner and instead of taking accountability and communicating you know I didn't want to go to the party you decided to go and now you have resentment and maybe guilt shame about not enjoying it about not having 
you know, a good attitude towards your partner or towards your friends or whatever. And so this situation now has the potential to lead to resentment and conflict. And so we didn't actually avoid what we feared, which is, you know, those negative, the negative outcome, the negative feelings, what we did, we just procrastinated or put off the inevitable, right? So this is an example of how we self-abandon, how we sacrifice our personal needs for the needs of others when we are people-pleasing. And in turn, this leads to, you know, an internal battle and a lot of negative feelings. So I'm going to challenge you the next time you really want to say no, say no and see how that feels. It, I'm telling you, it'll probably feel really bad at first, but then sit with that. Take your time to relax at home and see how you feel. Chances are you're going to be really happy that you set that boundary and that you fulfilled your personal need and didn't self-abandon. So what is another solution to people-pleasing? Be brave. Other people's opinions literally don't matter. They don't determine your worth. If somebody has an issue with your boundaries, that's really not your problem. People are going to judge you for your truth. That's just part of being human. Um, But that's because a lot of people are not comfortable with their own emotions and vulnerabilities. So they project that struggle onto you. Um, Let people say what they want and know that their words are a result of their own, you know, unfinished inner work. So... Really, the way to overcome people-pleasing, the antidote to people-pleasing is being brave. It's doing the shit that scares you. It's self-acceptance. I'll be doing a whole separate episode on growing confidence and self-acceptance, so you can look out for that either next week or the following week. But that brings us to the end of today's episode, so just a brief recap. We talked about the three deadly P's, perfectionism, procrastination, and people-pleasing. A step to overcoming perfectionism is to start doing small behavioral experiments, small exposures, step into those fears. By doing that, you will change the belief around those situations We talked about approaching procrastination with action. Um, You can go back to last week's episode for more tips on that. And people-pleasing, challenge yourself to say no. That's a good starting place. And again, stay tuned for more. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. just your weekly reminder that you are imperfect but you are worthy right now in this moment just the way you are